0: Hey, this is Mohal Joshi from Los Angeles, California. I follow Indian foreign policy and defense with a special focus on Asia. You can follow me on Twitter
1: at Mohal Joshi. Hey, this is Kishore Narayan from Bengaluru in India. I am an international relations expert specializing in global security, conflict resolution, and international negotiation. My focus areas include peace building and digital diplomacy. You can find me on Twitter at Veggie Diplomat.
0: Hello and welcome everybody to episode 6 of India Rising, Strategic Conversations with Mohal and Kishore, a show in which we analyze the happenings around the world and their implications on India. So uh, before we begin, uh, we, we have a small programming note to share with you. Uh, Just this past week, Kishore and I were invited to the Sham Sharma show to discuss about India's foreign policy. Uh, We shall be providing the link for the YouTube video in the notes below. And we please uh, urge you to watch it uh, to get some fabulous insights on the challenges and opportunities with respect to India's foreign policy. So uh, in today's episode, uh, we will be covering the recently concluded visit of uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin, uh, who was in Delhi to attend the 19th uh, Indo-Russian bilateral Annual Summit. and both sides had a, a, a series of meaningful discussions on a, on a wide range on a, uh, quite a few wide ranging topics and they also both sides entered into many deals during this summit.
1: While we will be analyzing the summit discussions, the context in which they were held and also the ramifications of the deals signed therein, let us first understand the magnitude of the uh, Indo-Russian relationship as it puts in perspective uh, the current phase of the bilateral relations. Indo-Russian bilateral ties are more than 70 years old having been first established four months before even India became independent uh, 13th April 1947 to be precise. Although India preferred to not join any of the power blocks on becoming independent, the Soviet Union jumped to help India rebuild itself immediately after independence. In 1955, the then Prime Minister Jawaharlal Nehru visited uh, Moscow which was immediately followed by Nikita Khrushchev's visit to New Delhi. During this visit, uh, Khrushchev had supported India's claims on Goa and Kashmir. Remember that Goa at that time was under the control of the Portuguese. Uh, The Soviet Union also uh, continued helping us in the United Nations Security Council by vetoing a few uh, resolutions that were tabled in there. For example, in 1961, uh, the Soviet Union vetoed a resolution on the issue of Goa. And in 1962, Soviet Union again vetoed another resolution initiated by Ireland on the issue of Kashmir. Well, well, the, uh, the topic of the Indochina war is debatable and how the Soviet Union did not help uh, India uh, keeps uh, coming up uh, time and again the fact remains that the Soviet Union did not help, uh, did not support China either. So uh, that kind of uh, uh, led the foundation for the relationship. And immediately thereafter, the Soviet Union also gave uh, the MiG-21 fighter planes to uh, India. In fact, in 1965, at the end of the Indo-Pakistan war, the Soviet Union brokered peace between the two nations by arranging the taskent task uh, Peace uh, Summit as well. In 1971 uh, Indo-Soviet Treaty of Friendship and Cooperation was signed which kind of assured India of the Soviet support and it helped uh, India before entering into the Bangladesh Liberation War. Jump, jump forward to 1991 and uh, we all know about uh, the collapse of the Soviet Union and uh, in the same year in 1991 uh, India also started undertaking the market reforms in 2000 uh, both the countries uh, Russia uh, Soviet Union had become Russia by then so Russia and India uh, started their first annual summit. Uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin uh, was in New Delhi this week for the 19th India-Russia annual bilateral summit. This annual summitry is unique as Russia is one of the only two countries, the other one being Japan, uh, with which India holds this kind of a, a top-level summit. When it comes to memberships in regional and international organizations, both India and Russia are members of the United Nations the G20, the BRICS, the Russia India China uh, grouping and also the Shanghai cooperation organization and in all these Russia and India cooperate very closely in fact it was Russia which all along pushed for India's inclusion in the uh, Shanghai cooperation organization even if this had uh, even if this came at the expense of a concession to, chi- to China to include Pakistan in the organization. Fighting terrorism is the main thrust of the SEO, besides enhancing economic cooperation. India is planning to gift Russia three flight-worthy Indian-built MiG-21s to be showcased in Russian museums. The gift will evidently convey what uh, Defense Minister Nirmala Sitaraman uh, recently called uh, India's time-tested relationship with Russia. In a geopolitical quirk, the Russian Air Force never inherited any of the Soviet Air Force MiG-21s after the Soviet Union's breakup in 1991, as all of them were stationed in the CIS countries. When looked at in isolation, the Indo Russian ties look as strong as ever. But the ties are undergoing a shift in light of the rapidly evolving geopolitical realities.
0: Uh, So, overall, India Russia trade has been uh, slight, uh, rising from like 6 billion in 2014 to 10.7 billion this year. Now, although the energy uh, relations in the energy sector are deepening, the overall economic relationship remains very narrow, uh, which is not helped by the not so great performance of the Russian economy. Uh, As uh, Dhruvar Jayshankar uh, fellow at the Brookings Institute mentioned a few months ago that just five years ago, Russia's GDP was 20% larger than India's, while today the circumstances have changed where India's GDP is 70% larger than Russia's so this shows the huge uh, strides that India has made and also Russia suffering during the same time frame. Uh, So this year at the Shangri-La dialogue in Singapore, uh, Prime Minister Modi while delivering the keynote address surprised some by saying that President Putin and I shared our views on the need for a strong multipolar world order for dealing with these challenges of our time. So Prime Minister Modi was sending a message to the Trump administration that it should not take India for granted. In addition, both India and Russia have started looking outwards to diversify their dependence on each other. Now Russia, due to the the sanctions uh, which have been imposed by the West, Uh, The West is its biggest challenge in terms of foreign policy and its priorities So they have been busy at pushing back at the West at every level Russia is also concerned about India's growing defense ties with US with Which uh, with us which we signed the Comcast agreement during the recent 2 plus 2 dialogue and which we did cover in our uh, previous episode now U.S. to counteract the Russian uh, influence, like is trying to threaten sanctions through the CATSA, which is your countering America's adversaries through sanctions at uh, for if other nations buy Russian military hardware, and this applies to the S400 agreement which India uh, has signed recently with Russia. So India is on the other hand, India is also worried about Russia's growing dependence on. Uh, China in energy connectivity and defense as well with the new Russian growing proximity with Pakistan due to the belief that uh, that it can help keep ISIS out of Afghanistan and also accommodating the Taliban plus also with the growing drift of India towards the US Russia is also trying to counterbalance by growing close to Pakistan uh, as a counter move
1: In fact, for India, what should be concerning is the Russia's increasing tilt towards Pakistan. Uh, Moscow had historically supported New Delhi, as we uh, saw earlier, uh, by repeatedly uh, vetoing resolutions at the uh, Security Council. Today, however, there is a change in how Moscow views its regional priorities in South Asia. In a significant development, the joint declaration issued at the end of the first ever Six-Nation Speakers Conference in Islamabad held in December uh, supported the Pakistani line on Kashmir. Uh, this declaration signed by Afghanistan, China, uh, Iran, Pakistan, Russia and even Turkey underscored that for uh, ensuring global and regional peace and stability, the issue of Jammu and Kashmir uh, needs peaceful resolution by Pakistan and India in accordance with the UN Security Council resolutions. Pakistan's Kashmir fixation meant that it forced other interlocutors to bring the Kashmir issue to the declaration. Now, in terms of Russia's uh, uh, close ties with Taliban, uh, Russia actually invited Taliban uh, hardly a fortnight ago to kind of discuss with uh, the Taliban about uh, the uh, the, the peace initiatives that could be uh, carried out uh, to uh, to have a political settlement to the uh, stalemate that we see in Afghanistan. Now this is actually a problem for, uh, for India simply because India does not uh, have uh, fond memories of interacting with the Taliban uh, courtesy the Kandahar uh, hijacking. Now uh, India again uh, does not recognize uh, Taliban as a valid political entity either now uh, as and when Taliban gets into the limelight of the political uh, establishment in Kabul uh, countries like Russia countries like China they all would uh, end up having uh, a lion's share of uh, uh, close ties with uh, Afghanistan this would leave India kind of isolated since uh, Ideologically, India would not want to uh, deal with uh, Taliban. So India does have a major uh, major worrying uh, concern uh, in that regard. Now, when it comes to Pakistan, uh, Russia and Pakistan uh, signed a $10 billion natural gas deal uh, earlier, in the re- earlier in the year. In addition, they also signed a $2 billion Karachi Lahore uh, pipeline as well. In fact, in 2016, uh, we all know that uh, Pakistan and uh, Russia held uh, military exercises uh, in uh, uh, in Pakistan. Uh, there were uh, news reports that uh, these uh, military exercises would be conducted in uh, Pakistan-occupied Kashmir, which was a, which was a major red line that India uh, objected to. And eventually, these military exercises were conducted in the Khyber Pakhtunkhwa uh, province of Pakistan. Now, while everybody thought that uh, uh, these military exercises would be a one-off uh, event, uh, the second edition of this was conducted in 2017 in Russia, in a place called Minnar ne
0: So I think, Kishore, this shows that just in a multipolar world that we are living in today, everybody's trying to balance by making sure they reach out to all sides to maintain their position in the global state of affairs.
1: Indeed, kind of uh, reflects uh, Prime Minister Modi's statement in the Shangri-La Dialogue.
0: Yeah. Okay. so moving on to the agreements that were signed this week, as part of this uh, meet between prime minister modi and uh, president putin so one of the one which got the most uh, highlight was the s400 air defense system so this is like one of the biggest uh, deals that india and russia have signed uh, the deal is for i believe like 5.2 billion for five batteries of uh, the s400 uh, missile there were like uh, At least, like I believe, three rounds of talks before the final uh, in the final round of negotiations. So, what's S400? S400 is the uh, long-range anti-aircraft weapon system. This system is uh, considered the best among its peers and referred to many, including the those in the Indian Air Force, as a game changer. So, it's a system of highly uh, mobile system of radars, missiles, all the way from like 40 to 400 kilometer range. To address multiple threats which can range from a small UAV all the way up to ballistic missiles and also including aircrafts in between the system can acquire targets nearly like 600 kilometers away which means uh, the system is based on near the border in India it can peer deep inside Pakistani territory and pick up aircraft as soon as they are airborne and also monitor fighter jets taking off from airfields in the Tibetan plateau so s-400 importantly will complement india's existing uh, multi-layer defense envelope so at the first level we have the short range surface to air missile the very well known akash missile which has a 20 to 40 kilometer range after that comes the medium range barak air uh, s- system which we imported from israel which is a 70 kilometer range and the s400 will be the third tier of this uh, air defense system against uh, uavs and aircraft targets so this will help make the uh, the indian air defense much more harder to penetrate for uh, with uh, pakistani and uh, chinese fighter jets and also additionally it has been reported that the s400 has capability against ballistic missile threats which will provide an extra layer of protection along with our indigenous Ballistic Missile Shield which has the AAD uh, the and the PAD for, which is used to protect high value targets like New Delhi uh, major metros and also nuclear and uh, high value military installations so this will give uh, protection against a wide spectrum of uh, airborne threats now the plan is that India wants to deploy three of these batteries against Pakistan and two of them against China, each on the western and eastern sectors uh, respectively. Uh, While talking about the virtues of the system, the current Air Chief uh, B.S. Danoa had said that especially when we are lacking in terms of operational squadrons, like we only have 31 operational squadrons versus the sanctions 10-42, this will be kind of a booster shot for the Indian Air Force. This will help up air, the free up uh, aircraft from serving in an air superiority role, which the S-400 can now take care, of so that the Indian Air Force, which is with its meager strength of 31 squadrons, can focus on other tasks undertaken by them. Uh, now it's certain that this S-400 deal won't go down well in Islamabad or Beijing, for India's uh, two main rivals. Uh, this is a indication that New Delhi's uh, ability to sum- substantially strengthen its defense capabilities. Um, in the end, like end of the day, like Beijing won't be overall bothered, given its military capacities are significantly uh, stronger compared to India. However, for Islamabad, this, uh, which knows that it cannot come close to matching India's defense capabilities, the concern will be deeper. Interestingly, like. Uh, China has also bought this S-400 system uh, uh, and the first delivery was starting in January of this year but as per reports they are not in the western sector facing India in the Tibetan plateau they have been deployed uh, in the eastern part of China uh, to counter other threats Now, the one of the questions like why the S-400 hang in limbo for a long time was the issue with the US regarding the Katsa the countering America's adversaries through sanctions act. So this was a law which was passed by US Congress to punish Russia for interfering in the 2016 elections. Uh, The law states that countries which purchase uh, weapons from Russia will be under the threat of sanctions. Uh, US had tried to arm twist India into not purchasing this system with a threat of sanctions. Now, Kishore, I believe we had talked about this in the, I believe it was like uh, episode uh, four uh, when we did discuss of the two plus two dialogue or was it uh, correct, right? Yeah, episode
1: four. Yeah,
0: Yeah, so this was for the listeners. Like if you want to, uh, we had talked about this earlier in the episode four, we talked about the two plus two uh, dialogue between India and US. So now New Delhi views the threat of these US sanctions on the S-400 purchase as fundamentally unfair and as a real constraint on its ability to maintain like uh, the partnerships of its choice. Now uh, responding with defiance like back uh, a, a month ago like India's Minister of Defense Nirmala Sitaraman had claimed that catsa is not a UN act it's a act just of US so India doesn't consider it valid. Uh, But like the the important thing here is that US has to realize that S-400 is not to strengthen India. It's to strengthen India, especially against Pakistan and China, which are now sort of adversaries, uh, big time adversaries of US and it doesn't threaten US itself. Uh, There have been indications from the reports uh, we have seen that President Trump is likely to give give a one-time waiver for the S-400 purchase but there is no finality on this decision
1: yes one of the reasons attributed to that uh, was that the s-400 deal was long time in the making and uh, they were in the final stages of uh, of uh, finalizing that deal yeah and
0: uh, and also like uh, i think people on the hill like in the u.s congress is what i mean They understand that India needs this system for its air defenses. So there is a sort of bipartisan support and they understand the constraints that we need this system badly. So I think the the feeling in Washington is that they, in the end, US will uh, grant a waiver, but some of the future defense purchases might be again in the firing line in the future. That's the sense I get from the Washington.
1: Yeah, I think I need to agree with you on that. Okay, now uh, uh, signaling New Delhi's resolve to smoothen the defense relationship in the face of the US sanctions, the Indian and the Russian officials have in the past few months set up a new financial arrangement for India to pay for uh, Russian military purchases uh, in rupees and not in dollars bypassing the swift transaction route. The government-owned syndicate bank in South Block will pay Russia's Sberbank bank at New Delhi's Connaught Place in rubles as a direct bank transfer. The first tranche of currency equivalent to 40 million dollars was transferred in early September to pay for the refit of one of the two Indian Navy submarines currently in Russia. Now let's get to the other deals that were signed. Nuclear energy has been one area in which Russia has helped India even before India got an energy waiver. Uh, Two nuclear power reactors at Kudankulam have been built and are already operational with uh, Russian collaboration. Uh, Two more are under construction and a deal was signed last year to build two more taking the tally of the total number of reactors in Kudankulam to six. In addition to this a new agreement was reached to build six more in the future at a place to be decided by India. Also, Russia and India will 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 cooperate in construction of a power plant in Ruppur in Bangladesh, and this could be a starting point for joint nuclear projects in third countries. In fact, it was agreed that some of the components to be used in the Bangladesh power plant will also be developed in India under the Make in India initiative. In addition, it was also agreed that Bangladeshi nuclear scientists will be trained in India as they would undergo rigorous skill development programs in the Indian nuclear facilities. Now the question begs as to why should it be a trilateral exercise with uh, India India tagging along with uh, Russia to help uh, Bangladesh. Now as per the energy waiver that we have got india cannot unilaterally uh, reach out to bangladesh and help them to set up a a nuclear power plant and that uh, the exact reason why uh, russia comes into the picture and therefore we now have a trilateral uh, uh, initiative to uh, to develop uh, the nuclear power plant in bangladesh
0: yeah i mean this shows that uh, india's this is a part of india's the neighborhood policy where we are trying to invest into other countries and show it as a counter to the B R I initiative from China. Okay, so coming to the uh, energy, which is also a substantial part of the India-Russia relationship. uh, Russia is currently the world's largest crude oil and second largest gas producer in the world. While India is the world's third largest energy consumer and fourth largest importer of LNG. Now, Russia has a potential to be a significant supplier for Indian hydrocarbon demand, uh, which has been steadily increasing over in the, as we grow along as a high rate. Uh, In the last few years, Indian companies have made uh, investments of more than US, I mean, 10 billion US dollars in acquiring varying stakes in strategic uh, Russian uh, gas and oil projects. On the other hand, uh, a Russian company consortium Uh, invested like 13 billion dollars in SR oil in 2016. Uh, The first LNG cargo under the long term agreement uh, which was estimated to be like 25 billion over a period of 20 years uh, signed between Gale and uh, Gazprom arrived in June at the LNG terminal in Dahej, Gujarat. Uh, Russia is also now supplying uh, liquefied natural gas to uh, the the H as part of this agreement. Now moving on to the the space. So in terms of space research cooperation, Soviet Union has helped India nurture its uh, nascent space program from the early days. In fact, uh, India's very first satellite Aryabhatta was launched using using a Soyuz launch vehicle. Uh, even India's only astronaut to have uh, reached space. Uh, Wing Commodore Rakesh Sharma went to space in a Soyuz uh, T11 spacecraft. Uh, Russia's help in Chandrayaan, the mission to the moon, has uh, been appreciated by India time and again. So, this uh, on August 15, during his Independence Day address to the nation, Prime Minister Modi had announced the an aggressive uh, plan to have a manned space mission by 2022 so russia on friday extended cooperation in this efforts to send uh, a three-man crew to the in space by 2022 uh interestingly russia has offered a ride for a short visit to the international space station on board a soyuz spacecraft for an indian restaurant uh, for a short training mission in 2022 uh, this offer was made uh, actually when external affairs minister Swaraj had visited russia just last month uh, to help india uh, another uh, facet of cooperation has been the navic system so navic like G- the like the gps system russia has agreed to india to set up a monitoring station near novosibirsk uh, in siberia while interestingly uh, india also has as allowed the russian uh, positioning system called GLONASS uh, for a station to be set up in India uh, respectively. Now, uh, moving on to the another deal which was signed uh, yesterday was the I, regarding the INSTC which is uh, known as the International North-South Transport Corridor. So this uh, Regional Connectivity Corridor is a multi-mode uh, network of ship, road and rail routes for moving freight between India, Iran, Azerbaijan and Russia. Now the joint statement called for development of this corridor through intensified efforts by finalizing the pending issues related to customs, uh, development of the necessary rail, road and rail infrastructure to move goods and the financial facilitation through bilateral discussions as well as uh, discussions of other partner countries at the earliest. Uh, both the sides welcome this that uh, that the, the proposed the proposal of a trilateral meeting between India Russia and Iran the three major components of this INSTC on the issue of Indian goods transportation through the territory of Iran to Russia uh, as per reports uh, the the INSTC is supposed to shorten the transit time for uh, for goods from uh, India to Russia by almost twenty days compared to the Suez Canal. And Kishore, I believe the the savings in terms of uh, cost is anywhere between thirty to forty percent.
1: Yeah, the uh, the uh, time uh, the time saved would be forty percent, whereas the cost uh, saved would be thirty percent.
0: Yeah, so this should uh, this should help uh, boost trade. Between uh, India and Russia by sh- helping move goods through a shorter route versus the long sea route uh, going through the Suez Canal and going through continental Europe eventually to Russia. Yep. Um, another impact sector which was an agreement signed was in the field of fertilizers. So Russia's uh, Fasargo has supply uh, struck a deal to supply India with two million tons of fertilizer worth one billion by Uh, 2021, which is important because India imports almost like 90% of its uh, uh, phosphate fertilizers uh, through imports.
1: Okay, so uh, also important to note is all the the deals that were not signed and uh, were expected to be signed. Uh, Four stealth frigates uh, were to be uh, Developed and uh, commissioned uh, by India out of which two would be built in India Now uh, these frigates were cleared actually by the cabinet committee on security on the 3rd of October and everybody was uh, uh, Assuming that uh, this deal would go through uh, somehow this has not Another another deal uh, that everybody was uh, assuming would go through was, was uh, the development of the AK-103 Assault rifles, again under the Make in India program uh, in India, but uh, even this was not uh, uh, signed. Now, uh, one more, uh, one more uh, deal that everybody expected was uh, uh, was the deal to purchase uh, 200 uh, Kamau 226 light light utility helicopters and uh, the kamov helicopter would eventually end up uh, replacing the cheetah and the chetak helicopter and this again uh, was not mentioned and uh, one more one more uh, uh, different deal would have been the uh, the mi 17 helicopter uh, which again was not mentioned in the deal and uh, one possible lease of uh, a second nuclear submarine from russia to india was also expected this has been long time coming but again, this too was not uh, mentioned either in the joint statement or in the or in the earlier press uh, meeting.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, there was a lot of uh, reports regarding all these deals being signed by multiple news organizations. But uh, I think everybody is scratching their head as to why these deals were not signed only. Probably we'll have to wait a few weeks or months to for the investigative journalist to find out why, what was the exact reason for this? Uh, Deals to be not be signed. So interestingly uh, Tisha if you uh, one interesting thing about the frigates is uh, two of them are to be built in Russia But the engines are built by Ukraine now since the Crimean annexation of Crimea by Russia These uh, frigates have been stuck in limbo because the engines are in Ukraine and the frigates are in uh, Russia. I Don't know if you knew that was something interesting. I just I learned and uh, uh, regarding, no,
1: for me too
0: yeah so regarding the nuclear submarine so we already have INS Chakra which I believe is on lease up till 2022 but the government and the Indian Navy they want to start negotiations for lease of a second nuclear submarine which the the deal was supposed to be for like two billion dollars so that by the time they have to return INS Chakra back to Russia after the lease expires they can have another submarine to be leased uh to replace the uh the submarine which needs to be given back and regarding the the chetak and the, uh, the cheetah and the chetak helicopters which are like almost obsolete so the navy has been demanding for a long time for the the 200 the, this uh k2226 light utility helicopters now this is also interesting in the context that on one hand we try to balance russia with us so one example is for the light utility helicopters we are going to russia to buy the 200 of these with some make in india component and for the naval multi-role helicopters we are going to go to russia to buy the sikorsky sh-60 so kind of balancing bit is how india does balancing between both So moving on, like um, so while it is obvious that like from these deals that the India-Russia ties, which are more than seven decades old and have spread beyond the field of uh, security and strategic cooperation, it is most important uh, dimension of the bilateral uh, relation between the two nations. Now, Russia has like, I mean, the over the past few years, like we all have observed that India has slowly drifted towards the United States of America now this leads some to incorrectly conclude that we don't need russia anymore and like you we just go uh, fully with usa but this is not right because russia is never going to be replaced entirely with usa now india has truly diversified with uh, with more than 10 billion of us arm purchases but india is not going to dump russia and throw in its hat completely with the us russia has been a highly reliable partner of india from the pre-cold war days and will continue to remain so there are still some skeptics regarding um, whether the let's say the supply of defense hardware from uh, us could be interrupted due to some political implications or just being us not being a reliable partner so uh, there are certain crucial areas where the us cannot replace russia fully so we just talked about leasing a nuclear submarine i don't foresee any scenario in the near future where us will lease a nuclear submarine to india or like the other area is the civil nuclear uh, cooperation now we all know about the very uh, famous Indian nuclear uh, the civil nuclear deal which was signed a decade ago but interestingly today it's not the americans but the russians who have built nuclear power plants in india so there are uh, no doubt there are some irritants to our relationship with Russia such as Russia's growing proximity to China I mean this is due to its economic compulsions arising from economic sanctions from the West I mean Russia has reportedly like signed a 50 billion dollar for selling gas and uh, gas to China but uh, this is like a temporary economic compulsion so however what I refer to is this is this is a marriage of necessity rather than material allies, like many people forget that Russia and China as neighbors are also competitors who fought a border war in 1969, like just as probably like seven years after we had a, a war with uh, Russia, sorry with China, I uh, apologize. Uh, so China's growing, also China's growing influence in Central Asia, which Russia considers its own backyard, wouldn't be pleasing to Moscow. So. But due to these economic compulsions, they have not been raising their voices a lot. So, But unlike China, India is not Russia's competitor and will remain its close friend in the long run. So in this multipolar world, we do need uh, US but we also need Russia who has been a solid partner uh, as Kishore had mentioned earlier from seven decades
1: uh, ago. Yeah, that, dear listeners, uh, wraps up today's episode on the 19th Annual Summit of India and Russia. We hope you now have a vivid understanding of the impact it might have on the Indo-Russian relations. If you have any comments or suggestions, do let us know by commenting below. To continue hearing about such interesting topics, do subscribe to our channel India Rising and also tap on the bell icon to be notified whenever a new episode becomes available. We would also like to hear from you if you have any suggestions on any topics that you would like us to cover. Do remember that these topics should be directly related to the Indian foreign policy. Until the next episode, this is Mohal and Kishore signing off.